This is Joshua Bell from the First Christian Church of Perry, Oklahoma. This is my sermon from October 4th entitled Paradigm Shift. I hope you enjoy it and have a good week. God bless. Today I'm reading from the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 4b. And for those of you that think that I'm trying to be an academic nerd, and just make it simple. I'm starting in the middle of two sentences, so I'm starting on the second sentence. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, as found in your pew Bibles on page 186. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more, Paul says. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the house of Israel and of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already obtained this, or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. God bless the reading of God's holy scriptures. Amen. Now, Paul would have applauded the efficacy of the Ten Commandments as the only and supreme way to religiously live before God. This lesson reveals the break or the radical shift in Paul's thinking that he now held as a Christian now he holds Christ as the surpassing value which compared to his previous aspirations to merit relationship with God through the aspect of law-keeping. For Paul, meeting God for the second time was to have found the pearl of great price for which gladly Paul would have given his life. You see, it's interesting when you talk about Paul Paul is kind of a, an interesting conversation when it comes to the New Testament. We were talking about it in Sunday school. You know, he has 14 letters attributed to him. And however you want to look at it, no matter what scholar you talk to, 
there are some that will say one thing about Paul and some that will say the exact opposite about him. Like one group of people say, well, Paul created the church today. Well, that's, that's a novel idea. I would say that he definitely wrote for the church of the first century. And we have been given the gift of being able to look at those letters. But he's really writing them to these specific communities that we just so happen to have relationships with over the centuries. But Paul himself was a Pharisee, and we, and, and we really need to make sure we take that into consideration. That meant his whole existence was the upholding of the law, Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. That, and I need you to understand, that was it. There was no other law on earth that preceded the law of Torah. Of course, the Romans had law and all of these things that social laws would happen, but for them as Jews, the Hebrew law was it. So he was a study, a, a, a student of that. Then, as if that wasn't enough, he makes this broad, brash statement I am Paul, hear me roar. I am so awesome, look at me. I was baptized, I mean I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was a Hebrew, born of Hebrews. I was a Pharisee. You must all bow down to my greatness. And then he says, all of it was for nothing. Once I found the love of Christ. Crazy idea. Paul had read this moment. And he'd found God's grace in his extreme humility and recovered all of his losses. And then he remembered David's prophecy that God raises the needy from the earth and the pauper from the refuse. So how might we find confidence in what would it look like in a postmodern society? Maybe it's the confidence that we look at in people's expertise on a subject. Maybe it's their good reputation. Maybe it's their education. Yesterday, my brother Luke and I and his wife and family got to hang out together. and We were at this pizza place and my brother and I were discussing how weird our family is. And it's funny because I know my mom and dad are listening to this right now. Our family was weird. No, no, not was. Is full-blown weird. We put this extreme amount of idea on education. Now, contrary to popular belief, it wasn't that the education made the person. For us, the education was just for us to learn more about the subject. So the idea really with my family was more about the idea of research than it was about the placement of degrees. You see, let me give you an example. My brother, Luke, who I'm very proud of all of my siblings, so just in case they're listening also, I'm very proud of my siblings, like more than I should be. Luke, when he went to college, wanted to be a science guy. I mean, he is full-blown science guy. He loved doing the, the sections and bi uh, biology. He loved participating in the world. He loved going out in the wilderness. 
God bless Melissa because they went all over the country as Luke participated in one scientific study after another. All the way to New Mexico where he studied the, the, the lesser prairie chicken. And in the process of him working on his master's degree and as he's doing this research, it was kind of funny because when my brother was in graduate school, the only reason that he was doing it was because he got a degree for going out and catching birds and putting a band on their foot. He thought that was the greatest thing of all time. He would go out into the wilderness and spend all day long hiking, catching birds, putting bands on their feet, and that was like the greatest thing ever. When he was an undergraduate, the, his favorite thing about undergraduate school was he worked at the fish hatchery in Durant. And he loved it because then he got to go work, at, work with fish all day long and go fishing anytime he wanted. It was, it was great. He gets a degree in all of this stuff. And as he'll tell you, as he told me yesterday, he's like, yeah, but I'm not doing any of that anymore. But I saw something in my brother that I hadn't seen in a long time. It was kind of awesome. Luke followed his path into this. And what, what, I, what you find out later on is, is that Luke, as he was catching these birds, helped design the software that tracked those birds. And as they tracked migration patterns, just as a side part of his education. Then, as if I'm not a little bit proud of my little brother, he then helped design when he became a cartographer in working with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the software that everybody uses for GPS software for biologists. My brother designed that. So anytime somebody goes to someone's land, they pull up the GPS unit, they push the button, and boom, there it is. Everything, every study that's ever happened. My brother put that in the software, and he designed the software. You know, it took my brother two years to tell me that. All he told me was, is I worked with computers and maps all day long. So yesterday, my brother has yet once again, who is a science guy, has designed another piece of software for the oil and gas industry that's going to change the way that oil and gas is distributed in the United States. And my brother looks at me and he says, yeah, it's just a part of my job. And he has confidence in what he does. He has this moment in his heart where all of a sudden he can feel the presence of God in everything that he does. When I asked him about it, he says, well, God gave me these gifts. And they had nothing to do with my education. And it just happens to be that I like doing this. So I get to do these things to take care of my family. And in the meantime... As this is all happening, my brother relates everything to his life with his faith. Everything in his life to his faith. So if there was anybody in my world that had the opportunity to stand in front of everybody and say, yes, I have the expertise, expertise, I have the education, I have the good reputation because I am a good person, it would be my siblings. But what my brothers and sisters all do is they stand here in front of you and just say, we're just human being doing the best we can. Paul says that even though I've been given all of these gifts and all of this education, at the end of the day, I'm nothing compared to the love of Christ. The love of God through Christ. You can accumulate all the degrees you want. Go to school as long as you possibly can. It doesn't make you a follower of Christ. You can say all the things that you want. You can do all the things that you want. At 
the end of the day, it doesn't mean that you're a follower of Christ. Gosh, that's kind of bleak. That's kind of morose. No. There's a shift that has to take place in our hearts and in our minds that says that the things that we do in life are different than what the world expects. Paul has this shift that he shares with us here in Philippians chapter 3. All of a sudden, his, he was going down this path, and this is exactly where he knew he was going to go. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's going a different direction. In a, in a way that promotes love, peace, compassion into the world. It has nothing to do with his resume. But our church today, our world today references those understandings based off of our educational pedigree, those business connections, those connections to, to celebrities, these connections are what makes us who we are in our world. And Paul would say that's the wrong connection. It's not what's on the page about you. It's what's in your heart that defines you. I want you to think about this for a second. Since March, our world, our world has been weird. Right? And you've heard a lot of things being thrown out in the world. What would it have been like if for just a moment we were the voice of peace? What would it look like? Yes, the world is going weird and, and lots of things are happening. But we have the ability to press on towards that goal. That heavenly call to be better human beings. doesn't say this just because he's talking about a race. He's encouraging himself and the people that are listening to him. Imagine what it would have been like if we were doing that. Now we try. We try and we fail. And sometimes we get lost in the world stuff. It's too easy, right? But what would it be like if we spent all of this time pressing on towards a heavenly call? being ambassadors of Christ. Making that paradigm shift in our lives. Paul's transformative experience seemingly renders his early biography unnecessary, un unimportant. What does this piece tell us about our own reliance, about our personal accomplishments and accolades. All the degrees don't make me who I am today. My hope is, is that people see the love of Christ in me, not my education. I had to have that shift myself. I think what happens today is, is that we have to ask ourselves what needs to shift in our own lives so that we become ambassadors of Christ. Not voice boxes of the world. I think it gives us a 
moment where we can look forward to a day and we can begin to live it now, not tomorrow, now, as we all press on toward a goal in which the hope of resurrection is a reality and where competition gives way to salvation. This is where it gets hard for us. It's going to be harder for us in the next couple weeks. But as Christians, the shift for us goes away from the worldly and focuses on the divine. And that becomes our mission, our mandate, to press on toward a goal that is reachable. I want to read this last part to you one more time. It's not that I have every already obtained the resurrection of the dead, or have already reached the goal, press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God, Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father,